Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Cultural Conversation Podcast. This is Ijeoma, and thanks for joining us today. So, um, today I'm going to be having a cultural conversation, and I have with me um, Vivian. She's here, and she's and she's going to talk to us about the African-American culture. That's right. That's right. So everybody, please welcome Vivian. Hi, everyone. This is Vivian. Thank nice you. to be here. Thank you so much. It's so, so good to have you here today. So look, I want to start just by, you know, getting to know you better. You know, you identify as the African-American community. So you're going to help us and tell us a little bit, give us a little background about the African-American, you know. So, but before I do that, I want to ask just to confirm, do you identify as an African-American? And my answer is absolutely yes. I All right. I am African-American. Okay. All right. So you can, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, your background and, um, we would like to know if you consider yourself as someone with a strong black identity as well. I would say I am, and I kind of base that on around family and uh, going back to how I was raised. Uh, my mom, my grandma, we were that neatly tucked uh, African American family where we have cultures and. Um, things that have been passed on from one generation to the other. So I, I will consider myself um, strongly as an African-American. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you so much. So um, as an African-American woman, what is the best compliment you've ever received? You know, let me see as a black woman. Oh, goodness. Uh, that's not really a tough one, but I would say... A lot of times, because I, I was in the of lipstick, so I, I, I have gotten to say, oh, that color looks really good on you, or that color, or whatever hairstyle I have, I'm like, well, that's a pretty hairstyle. I would say several compliments. I can't really put my finger just on one right now. So several of them. All right. Great. So that being said, okay, so... Uh, that being said, what are some things that people seem to misunderstand about you, especially when it has to do with your um, identity as a black woman or as an African-American woman? For me and what I've seen, um, and I think this goes back to what we see as being normal, and I'll use myself as an example. Um, in the last 10, 15 years, a lot of um, African-American women and men, you know, have been grooming their own natural black hair. And uh, I, I see a lot of people stereotyping or just seeing your hair as either being unkempt or, oh, you, you missed your comb or something. But that's not truly what it is. Your hair shouldn't determine who you are. I, I think part of it is because as um, people, we see straight hair or a certain type of texture of hair as being regular. So when we come out with our own natural hair, me being um, African-American, people kind of look at me as if, you know, I'm 
I'm a black panther or something, but I'm like, this is my natural hair. This is how I choose to wear it. Hmm. Wow. That is very inspiring and quite insightful, you know, especially when we seem to have like a standard, like, oh, this is the standard kind of hair, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. So um, what about work? You know, like working, I know, what is the... Okay, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, sometimes some people feel very uncomfortable working with or around people of a different race. So is that a problem for you, working with people that are different from your race? In my experience, um, I, I, I give whatever job, I, you know, position I've held, I always give it, you know, 101%. Um, the only thing I kind of like, gets me sometimes is um as african-american women you know we it gets to a point that we can handle so much stress and we could we don't let our stress you know we don't wear it on our face but whenever you see maybe something going the other way or wrong or if you try to um maybe let your subordinates or you know your superiors or who are your co-workers you know how you feel about something it's part that really like seems like it bothers me because they look at you as you know they want to say oh she's just another angry black woman and that's not really who we are but we try to express ourselves but people see it the other way and take it um wrongly those are the things i've observed using myself as an example oh wow so and that really makes you kind of uncomfortable working with people from very, a different race because very, it's hard for because they think it's just another angry black woman i'm like no we're not I'm a woman before I'm black. So why do you see the blackness and you don't just see my opinion, you know? So it's, it kind of gets uh, tiresome sometimes. Hmm. Well, I see. So, um, also most African American have faced racism, you know, it's everywhere. It's, you know, that's not, even if I am ignorant about any other thing, I may not be, I cannot, denied that fact so but what do you think about it especially here in the united states of america what is your opinion on racial oppression in the united states i and i like i always use myself as an example i believe we still have a lot to learn one first as human beings mm -hmm. and um other races uh like i would use myself i i've walked into a building before with long, straight, flowing hair, and I say good morning, everybody jumps up and says good morning to me. And then a couple of weeks, I come in with my natural hair, and it's like nobody said anything to me. I'm like, this is the same people I see all the time. So I, I think America in general has a lot of education to um, let people know that, you know, at the end, we all bleed red. We're all human beings. So racism is something that's not going to go away anytime soon. But I think um, those that are on the other fence or on the other side of racism need to be open um, to learn about the next culture. Because we all bleed red. We're all human beings. We all have a heart. You know, some people sure. probably don't have a heart, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you put it that way, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I want to ask you, do you have children, Miss Vivian? Do I have kids? Yes. Do you have kids? I have a couple. I have kids. Yes, ma'am, I do. 
All right, so I'm going to get to straight to the point, the reason why I asked you that question. You know, I understand that the African-American parents differ in, they differ in the ways in which they address racism with their children. You know, what do you think about it? Especially, uh, maybe let me make it a little bit easier. You know, do you think racism and prejudice should be discussed directly with children in your community and why? I believe every home actually needs to do it and not just in the African-American community. Like um, I would tell my son, you know, especially in our boys, because they're the ones who get, you know, caught, God forbid, in the crossfire or, um, you know, God forbid, they get missing. Nobody looks for them because they're black. The first thing they tell you is, you know, they ran away. I try to teach them from home saying, you know, these are the rules, you know, do not try to break the rules. If someone else, you know, is trying to tell you to break the rules, don't do it. And one good thing that I learned from a friend of mine is she always told her son, always have your receipt on you. Because her son got stopped one day. He went to uh, uh, one of the fast food places and he was walking out. He's six foot two. He's only 17. And he got stopped. He was with his other friends. They were all um, non-African American. But they didn't get stopped. He got stopped. And they were like, did you pay for that? And he's like, yes, I did. And he goes, why are you in this neighborhood? He goes, I live here. So, you know, there's certain things we need to teach our children, you know. And we also need to teach them that they need to try to educate others. For example, I've been in an elevator before uh, with a non-African-American woman. And she, you know, she just held her purse really close by. And I turned and looked at her and I almost said something. I was like, you know what? This is beneath you. You know, so she's not well informed or educated. So move on to the next person. So you always have, especially your male children, teach them, you know, that yes, you will be profiled because you're dark skinned African American, but treat everybody the same. You know, if a police officer stops you, you want to make sure your hands are on the wheels, you're not reaching out for your phone or anything, you know, just listen to them and, um, you know, for against the point, do what they say so you're safe, so you can make it home. That's the scariest part, that your children will go out and not make it home. Um, so I think we just need to let our children know every day that, yes, you could be profiled. Hmm. Wow. That's very, honestly, that's quite educating. And I do understand your perspective about educating our children and actually, you know, telling them, about racism you know like telling them ahead of time before they get out there so that they can know what they meet or what they see and the best way to keep them alive you know just like you said so um I, now that you mentioned the the police i wanted to say more importantly the african-american community have consistently named police violence as you know directed at them as a social problem that needs justice and reform so what is your take on that as well because you mentioned the police you know so i just wanted to bring that to your attention so what do you think about the african-american constantly saying that the police violence it's a social problem that needs sort of justice and reform with the events of uh, things happen all around us especially of course we're in the united states of america um, I also believe that the law enforcement um, agency, which of course are the police, I think they need more education how to handle things. And also, uh, like I said before, our boys are getting killed every day, our girls are missing. We need to teach them that this is the law, don't break it. And if you're in that position, you know, 
comply with them. But also, the most important thing is that the law enforcement officers need to know how to handle certain cases. Half the time, they're like, oh, I thought he was pulling a gun, and it's not a gun. So um, there's a lot of awareness out there that I think um, the law enforcement are not being aware of. You know, if, if it was a non-African-American person, it might be treated somehow. But just for the fact that maybe your pants are saggy, your hair looks different, you have maybe tatted up, you have tattoos all over the place. But think about it, the next culture has the same thing. So why am I being seen as a threat to others? Meanwhile, the cops are actually um, the threat to us. So, and, and it's all about education. A lot of people are ignoring the fact that things exist. So I think more focus should be um, with the law enforcement officers so that we're not profiling people. You treat each case differently rather than profiling, you know, he's dark, 6'2", 300 pounds. Yeah, that's the perpetrator, which, you know, he could have just been going about his merry way, got off work and just wanted to grab a bite. So why should he be the person of suspect? So I, I think we, we have a lot of education to do uh, with the general public, of course, and of course, the law enforcement agencies. That's great. That is absolutely Awesome. That's an amazing response to that. And um, also, I have you heard about the word cultural pride? I've I heard about uh, I've heard the word a lot among the African American community, and I'm trying to I try to look at it, look it up, and see what does this cultural pride mean, especially from parents. Uh, the set of cultural pride is like like something that the parents pass on to their children. You know. So, what do you think about that? Oh goodness. In the African American community culture front, I would say something that has been passed on from generation to generation. For me, when, when I look at it, number one is family and faith. Yeah. That'll be number one, mm -hmm. which is big in my family. And um, the next will be, oh God, probably all those wonderful recipes from um, grandma and all that oh, yeah. and just in general, the, the african-american food and it's, Sounds it's, good. it's amazing because it can be diverse yeah it can be diverse yeah, yeah. i believe those are the Coach. family just getting together and just being family i think those are key mm -hmm. um, factors of being neatly together family being together yeah, and Thanksgiving is at the corner, you know. That's, oh, goodness. You know. <laughs> yes, it's all oh, that you, you talked about food and family oh, being together, and, you know. So, yes, Thanksgiving yeah. is right at the corner. All right. Um, it's really nice talking about this with you, Miss Vivian. It's been really going well. I do have a few more questions for you here. I just wanted to ask you about, you know, now you, you mentioned family. I wanted to talk about the family structure and the role they play in promoting the health and well-being of our family unit. You know, I know there is this general idea that almost oh, African-Americans and African family, they're missing their father figure. So, but what do you think about that? You know, like some of the stereotype that when you see an African-American family, there is no father figure in the family. So, and also you have the family structure and then you also have the culture of pride. So how do you put all this together? Because if there is no family unit and there is a family unit, if there is no uh, father figure most of the time, and also you have a family structure, you have the culture of pride. So can you tell us a little bit more? I need to be educated on that. Yeah, 
That's great. So uh, what else, uh, let me ask you, if you can do anything to improve the health and healthcare system, the health and healthcare system in our community, in your community, what would it be? What will it be? Oh, goodness. Public health. In the African-American community, we eat a lot of starch. We eat everything that's not good for us. They taste good, but they're not good for us, like fried chicken, potatoes. And you look at those things, um, majority of these foods are easy and probably cheaper at the grocery store, but they're not healthy for us. So I think we also need a lot of um, medical and health awareness, um, you know, and letting us know that, hey, if you're eating bacon every day, that's not good for your health. It's not good for your blood pressure. And majority of African-Americans suffer from diabetes or um, um, hypertension. So and all we need is just education. We don't have to snack all the time. We don't have to eat fast food all the time. Um, we really need a lot of education on those things. Thanksgiving's around the corner. Hey, there's going to be fried turkey. It's going to be baked turkey. It's going to be ham. It's going to be a lot of salt. There's going to be a lot of sugar. So we're going to be eating pies. So um, we need to learn uh, to consume those things in moderation. We need to focus on health because if you don't, you know, if you don't invest in your health, you cannot harvest and have a good health. You know, you want to be there for your kids and your grandkids. Um, that's a good thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just one thing that you can, just want to ask you for something. If you're looking at America today, what would be your best tip to making it a better a better place? And that's going to be my last question. Because, yeah. Oh, wow. America in general, I, I believe love conquers all. We all need to learn to tolerate each other. And we all need to love one another. And we don't judge people by face value, just um, because I, I believe for every reaction, some action triggered it. It could be internal, it could be external, it could be they're just having a bad day. But we need to learn to weigh options and also weigh each situation as 
being different because no human being, even twins, they're not, I, you know, not everything is exactly as the same. We just need to have a little patience and most of all, we need to have love for one another. We all bleed red. It's, it's really important that we know that. Wow. Thank you so much, Ms. Vivian. I want to say thank you for joining us for this episode. And to my listener out there, if you have additional questions for Ms. Vivian and any kind of comment, please feel free to leave us a note, a comment in the comment section. And once again, I want to say it was good to have you here, uh, Ms. Vivian. And thank you so much. And do have a wonderful rest of your evening. My pleasure. Remain blessed and have a great one. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye.